I will not give to a need anymore just because it's a need. The Lord told me he doesn't respond to needs. He responds to faith. See, when there's a need in front of you, look for faith. Ask the Lord, is there faith here? And the Lord says, there is faith. Give him 20 bucks. If you ask the Lord, is there faith here? And the Lord says, no, there is not. Then you, and you, you let him go. You do not give to it. See, so often what God purposes in, in our finances, he wants to do with it. He wants to bless us. But we allow the enemy to speak louder in our lives than the Lord. And we allow our giving to be diluted into other things. I can see by your faces you're really thinking this is good. Okay, now, getting on to the fourth one. The fourth type of giving is seed. And when I think of how I've understood over the years and tried to understand more about giving, it's, it's like this is the one I want to get to because this is where there's, it's like this is a good investment. This is where you, you, you know, you sow a little, you, you reap a lot. You have a 30, 60, or 100-fold harvest. And I, I heard a story of a guy that had, he just had a, a, a little handful of seeds, and he pushed them all together so that they were touching each other on his table, and they made a one-by-one one square inch on his table. That's how many seeds he had. And this is a, this is a true story, actually. He, he went... And he just dug up some area in his backyard or his somewhere on his, his, he had a little bit of land. He dug it up and he planted this. And then when he harvested, he took all of that seed and he cleaned it, dried it, all the, whatever you take, however you take care of it, gathered it all up. And he had, um, it, it was, it was a big increase. I'm not going to guess because I had all this written down. I, I didn't prepare to tell this story. But he had a, a much bigger area that was just seed. He took that seed and he sowed it again. In there, it was like five years. He had eighteen hundred acres that he was sowing because he hadn't. He, he had just taken what he had harvested, dried it, prepared it, sowed it again. Taken what he had harvested, and like by the time this this process took several years to happen. He had, he had found abundance in so many other ways too. What he was doing was applying the principles of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping works. Farmers know this. Sowing and reaping works, they wouldn't do it. It works to plant a field full of, take the seed and plant it and take in the harvest. If, if a farmer would not live on what he, what he makes off of the field, he can increase his acreage sown rapidly. Like you could sow a lot in a short time if you would take all the seed, every, every kernel that comes off of, off of that corn, if you'd take everything and you would, you would then plant all that. Can you imagine how much area you'd have? That is sowing and reaping. God knows how to take a dollar and make a hundred. Now look at that as a reward, as, a, as something of saying, okay, there's more to this than what I've been seeing. So why am I not seeing it? Chances are 
you haven't gotten through the first three types of giving. Chances are your, your heart, maybe you're, you have a heart of obedience, but is your generosity there? Is your compassion there? See, if those three types of giving are not in place, you're not prepared to receive a big harvest. You know why? Your heart will worship the harvest. If you get a big harvest and you have not learned generosity, you will worship your harvest. You remember the story about the guy who said, I have, you know, I'm I'm well prepared. I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger. And I'm, you know, I've got all this stuff. I'm, I am set. That man was worshiping his harvest. Back to the progression. When we look at sowing and we say, I'm going to sow this in here. If I, if my heart has been opened up by these other three types, my motivation changes from how can it benefit me, myself, to what are you doing, Lord? And your worship, it, it changes to faith instead of self. So the motivation for seed is faith and reward. There is a real reward for faith. Jesus even said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thrown into the sea. What was he saying? What is a mustard seed? What about it? He said, even though it is one of the smallest of the seeds, he was not saying, if you have a little bit of faith, you can do a lot with a little bit of faith. You know what he was saying? If you have faith as a mustard seed, sow your faith. Take that mustard seed and believe for something small. Come on, get this with me. Believe for something small. Sow your faith. Say, Lord, okay, okay. I am going to believe for what you're telling me. You're telling me to take this $100 of seed and to sow it. Yes, I am in obedience with tithe. My heart is opened up with generosity. I, I have a heart of compassion. When you tell me to give to someone, I'm doing it. I, 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 I want to learn, Father, Build my faith. Do you know how you take something natural and convert it to spiritual? You give. Giving is the way to transfer it. Giving is the way, when when you say, I am going to believe by faith, you're taking the mustard seed of your faith, you're joining it with the seed of your finances that the Lord has designated, and you say, I put it in the ground, and I'm going to watch it grow. Do you understand how faith and reward draws your heart to the Lord? When you see a big harvest come in and you know, I can't make this stuff grow. The Lord did this. When there is a true harvest on a faith-sown seed, ain't no way you're taking credit for it. The farmer does not go, yeah, boy, look how I make that ground grow. Even if he puts fertilizer in it, did he come up with the chemistry behind it? No, the farmer didn't tell the soil, the soil how to know how to grow a seed. He, the farmer didn't tell the seed how to know how to grow. The farmer accesses something that was already put in place. Okay, so think of this. When, when God is, is wanting to draw your heart and he's saying, I'm going to do this with finances. 
I'm going to take what you have done and I'm going to multiply it, bless it. And you say, I want to tell my testimony. I want to tell what the Lord has done. Who are you honoring? Are you honoring yourself and look at the seed I sowed, look what I was able to do? Or are you, are you, are you saying, look what the Lord did? The more crazy the story, the more you go, <laughs> we just, I just have to laugh. I just, I can't, I can't take credit for something that is so obviously not my doing. Now, if anybody has a testimony like that, prepare your heart, prepare yourself. I want to take a moment in a bit and have a couple people maybe. Tell a testimony of how God did something for you that you didn't have a way to, to, to do it on your own. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call on you if you don't. Or I'll just tell my own stories. Okay, so this is not a formula. I'm, I know I'm giving some specifics. I'm saying, okay, this is the way this functions. This is the way this works. It's not a formula. Go back to the first messages. Hear the king's heart. Become the heart of the king as a good steward. Say, Lord, what is it you want to do with this? Now, I told a story. I, I started it last time about uh, don't, don't eat your seed, don't sow your bread. It was $100. I had done a job and I had $180 left over or to do this job. It was cash and I was holding it like playing cards in my hand. And the Lord said, $20 is tithe. $60 is seed. So out of $180, I was giving away $80. And I had $100 left over. He said, now spend this on yourself. So the next day, I, I, I gave my tithe. I gave my tithe at church on Sunday. And, the, and the, then the following day, I found someone that was, it was like, boy, this is the place to sow the seed. I felt confirmation. I sowed my $60 of seed, and this is while I was at Bible college. And then all week long, I was presented with needs. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, somebody was like, I'm eating lunch, and, and they're sitting there, and they're like, yeah. I'm, I said, do you have anything to eat? No. They didn't really have money to buy something to eat. Like, come on, come over here, I'll buy you a sandwich. And I, I started... Spending that $100 on everybody else. Ended up, I, I only had like, it was less than $25 that I spent on myself. Didn't go very far. And I, I ended up with, I, I was out of food. And, and part of my story, you got to know my whole story to understand this. I told the Lord, I'm not bailing you out. I said, I'm not afraid. If I don't eat, I won't eat. I'm, I'm not worried. Jesus went 40 days and didn't eat. I'm not going to die. I'm going to, I'll be all right. And I want to learn here. I want to learn. I don't mind being uncomfortable. And so I told the Lord, I said, I, 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 I need some money. I need to buy some fuel for the car and I, and I need to buy some food. And he said, I gave you money. I gave you a hundred dollars. And I said, yeah, I, I know. I know. I just, well, so, so what's his name? You know, he didn't have money for lunch. And so I, I bought him that and I did this, I did that. And he said, this is what he said, let me teach you, son. 
you have just eaten your bread or uh, you have just sown your bread and bread doesn't grow. And I'm thinking, wait, I, I was generous. I gave them. He said, I did not designate that as seed. I designated that as bread. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. See, this is about what God designates. He had told me this is bread. It did no good to sow that bread into someone else. Now, the Lord is so good. He's so gracious. And he, that day, a guy comes up to me. This is during worship time in the morning. A guy comes up to me and, and worship is getting started. He walks up and he goes, hey, uh, I, got, I got a gift for you. I got something the Lord told me to give you. And he pulled something out of his pocket. And it was a little envelope, like a little money envelope. And he, he went to hand it to me. And I, I just said, okay. And I, I went to take it and he held on to it. He, he said, now this comes with a message. You are only to spend this on yourself. <laughs> I love when prophets are functioning where they're supposed to be. And uh, I said, okay, okay. And he held on to it again. He said, don't even tithe on it. And I'm like, okay, trying to be nice. I took it and I put it in my pocket. I didn't look at it. I didn't know what it was. And he walked away and I said, Lord, I always tithe. Like, I will not feel okay if I have not taken tithe from this. I will not feel okay. I'm, I'm going to tithe on it. I, I'm just, I'm going to tithe on it. <laughs> After the worship time, same guy comes walking up to me and he comes this close to me. I mean, six inches away. And he says, the Lord told me you were arguing with him during worship. And he said, he told me you're going to tithe on this. <laughs> and, uh, and he was not laughing. He was serious. He was spitting in my face. He said, you do what he says. He said, if you're, if you're not faithful with this, he cannot give you any more. He said, if you're faithful with this, there will be zeros on the end of it the next time you're given something. He said, you do what he says. And I was like, I mean, I felt pretty little. I'm like, oh, sorry, sir. Uh, and I looked at it and it was $100. So I took that $100 and I spent it on myself. I didn't spend a penny on anything else, on anyone else. I, I would not give it to you. I mean, I'm serious. I would not have given it to a dying person because the Lord told me, you spend it on yourself, be faithful. Be faithful, do what I say with it. That's a steward. The steward becomes the king, becomes the heart of the king in every situation. I mean, I bought stuff that doesn't even make sense. I, I, I like chips. I bought chips. I was like, man, this is awesome. Because I wasn't buying, I mean, there's no nutritional value to that. But uh, it was good. It was a really good learning experience for me. I have several hundred dollar stories where the Lord used that specifically to instruct me. Because he said, I can't give you 10,000 if you, if you can't manage 100. So I have to be faithful in the small thing for the Lord to entrust me with something greater. And it's no different for you. Jesus even said this, and he was talking about, you know, he that is faithful in the least is faithful also in much. He was talking about all of the principles of God. 
But if you're not faithful in the small things of your finances, who can entrust to you the true riches for real? Like the true riches of the kingdom, which include financial wealth. See, God's heart, he's not afraid of, of wealth. What he's looking at is your heart. He says, don't let your heart worship it. If your heart is not worshiping it, there's no limit to what you can have. If you're faithful to do what he says, I saw a story of, that I said, if someone get, would walk in here and give you a million dollars, and you'd be like, this changes everything for me. I, I can now, oh man, can you imagine what I can do? I can even give a whole bunch. I can give a lot. This is going to be awesome. But I can, I can pay off everything. I, oh, I can build a house for my mom. I can, you know, whatever. You start thinking about all these amazing things you can do. And you, and you go out edge of the parking lot and there's a guy there and the Lord says, give him the whole thing. Now you had a, you had a million dollars for about an hour and you planned and dreamed and worshiped it. Your heart turned to it and you said, oh, this is going to change my life. And the Lord says, give the whole thing away. If you can give the whole thing away, he can give you a billion. There's no limit. If he knows he can get it through you, he will get it to you. That's his heart. He's not afraid of you having. What he doesn't want is for your heart to be turned in worship to it. So check your heart. This is something that every one of us, and I mean it, rich or poor, it does not matter. We need to reset our hearts often. Because things change in our finances. Things change in our experiences. You, maybe there's a debt you had and you got it paid off and your heart shifted and you said, Oh, this, this, guess what? Go to the Lord and say, this is how I'm feeling. What do you want me to do? Is there anything I should know about this? Is there anything I should do? If you're willing to hear, it, hear him and what he says about it, as you go through these changes in life and do your reset, go to him and allow him to reset your heart to be in oneness with him. That's the best way to true prosperity. Stay connected with him. Luke 12, 15 says, And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Jesus is saying, Your life does not consist in what you have. We get all wrapped up in, Oh, I got this, I got that, I got this paid off, I got, you know, whatever, these improvements. Your life does not consist of the abundance of things that you possess. Do you know what true prosperity in the kingdom of God is? A heart of trust. A heart of trust. See, one of the guys mentioned last time the eye of the needle. I've heard a lot of teaching on the eye of the needle. What's it mean? Uh, in fact, I want to read that. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running and knelt before him. This is Mark 10, 17 through 25 knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way. Sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. 
and come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. But the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Okay. Have you heard this story talked about? People talk about in order to get to heaven, everything gets stripped away. You got to go through the eye of the needle. Uh, Jesus was not talking about getting to heaven, by the way. He said, how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Where is the kingdom of God? He said the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is right in front of you. The kingdom of God is here. In fact, when Judas came, Jesus said, look, my betrayer is at hand. He's, he's here. He, he's, th that's him. Jesus said the kingdom of God is right here. How hard it is for those who trust in riches. See, he started out saying have riches to cause them to go, whoa, but, but we want to have riches. We want to have stuff. And then he said, how hard it is for those who trust in riches. He was saying, when your heart turns to it, it is very difficult to enter into the kingdom way of living. The kingdom of God is the kingdom way of living. How hard it is for someone who trusts in riches to enter into kingdom principles. If you just see it as getting to heaven, you go, well, you know what? I'll try as much as I can, and by the time it's time to die, I'll give it all away. That's the most lame way to live I've ever heard. Come on. Do what the Lord says, and he will bless you so that you can be a blessing. Not just to yourself. See, if you're only concerned about your needs being met, that's the most selfish way to live. If you only think about, well, I just, all I need is a cabin in the woods. I mean, there's songs we used to sing, right? I'm not going to sing it. I, so just give me a little bit, just a little bit, and I'll be happy. How selfish could you be? What about those that God wants to, to bless through you? And all you think about is your little cabin in the woods? You just need just a little silver and just a little gold. What are you talking about? What verse is that? No way. That's not God's way. That is not kingdom. See, the kingdom of God is blessing. The kingdom of God is getting the message of God's goodness to those around you. If you're stuck in a cabin in the woods and all your needs are met and you're not, you're not concerned for anyone around, you're not even looking to sow seed, you're not displaying the kingdom of God. And your trust is firmly settled on your little cabin in the woods and your little silver and your little gold. Do you understand? Does this make sense? How you, if your heart turns to it, it changes everything. It does not, it, it, it closes you off to accessing the kingdom of God. We can live in the principles of the kingdom of God now. The same principles that are at work in heaven. Sure. When you die, you get to heaven if you're born again. Wonderful. Do you know that these principles are active here 
and they're active there, learn to function in them here because you will use them there. There is sowing and reaping in heaven. I mean it. There, all of the, the functions that we see, that, that we try to learn looking in the word, they're active in the kingdom of God in heaven. When we only just take a verse like this, we say, well, this is the teaching I've gotten, so I guess, I guess we're just not supposed to have much. And we just accept it and we say, well, I'll just be poor. Do you understand you're taking someone's teaching about it? You're taking an understanding that doesn't line up with the truth. So keep learning. Keep resetting. When I say we need to reset often, I mean it. I do. My wife and I do. And we sit down constantly and we say, okay, where are we at? What are we doing? All right. Yes. Lord, and we start worshiping him. We turn to him with thanksgiving and praise. And we say, Lord, this is all yours. So we're your stewards. So what would you have us do? I mean, monthly, weekly. My wife and I have been meeting. There, there, there was a time we were meeting weekly. We say, okay, where are we at? What are we doing? Let your heart be reset into oneness with him. The, the title of this message today is, I mentioned it, the, 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 the true prosperity in the kingdom is where is your trust? Where's your trust? The challenge I want to leave you with is answer that question and the rest of these things will fall into place. When you can answer the question of where your trust is, do you trust in your own ability? Do you trust in your investments, let's say? Do you, <laughs> do you trust in the, the way you're able to work with your hands? Do you trust your family? Do you trust the government? Do you trust, where, who do you trust? Or do you trust the Lord? If you want to live in kingdom prosperity, you will turn your trust to the king and the king will bless you as his son. You understand the king's sons are not paupers. They don't walk around with nothing. People talk about Jesus and the fact that well, he lived with, he didn't have much when he, when he was on the earth. Do you understand Jesus? And I'm not going to get into all this, but Jesus was well taken care of. In uh, Luke 8, it's, it talks about those and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits, da 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 da, da and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, or I don't know, Herod's, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. Substance. I looked up the, the meaning. It was possessions, goods, wealth, and property. They took care of him out of their wealth. See, Jesus, he had a designer robe. It was woven out of one thread. No seams. Now that's a serious tailor's work there. It, it was worth so much the soldiers refused to rip it. And they cast lots for it because it was so valuable. How's that for a $50,000 suit? You got to listen to the previous messages. <laughs> Jesus wore a $50,000 suit. Are you serious? It was a designer cloth, designer robe that the soldiers wanted. They were like, this is amazing. Why? Because someone of wealth took care of him. The women said, I'm going to make you something. Did Jesus just walk around with just cash falling off of him all the time? Well, Probably not. He didn't need it. 
he was taken care of out of the wealth of those around him. But if you understand this, you look at it and you go, so that could be my experience that I have an abundance? Yes. Allow him to show you. Mm -hmm.